Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. note, if you're not yet familiar with the twins, they're our husbands, Andy Gruen and Ian Planchon. Okay, let's dive in. What's your favorite brand of flannel shirt? Uh, Pendleton. Oh. oh. Pendleton, because it's 100% wool. Hey, Pendleton, are you listening to this? Yeah. Uh, love Pendleton wool, wool flannel shirts. Um, expensive as hell. I know. I just bought a Pendleton blanket for a friend of mine, and she said that everyone in the family is fighting over who gets the Pendleton blanket. Yeah, no, it's, so, the, thank it's, you, Pendleton. Like, a real wool garment is something to behold. Like, it's amazing because it's so versatile. Like, it's it's out of this but world. you know what? They can't withstand a dryer. What's up with that? Because, right, because it's Because <laughs> when it was invented, dryers didn't exist, okay? You know what? I feel like Pendleton also, should come up with a dryer-proof we, shirt. Let's take a poll <laughs> here really quick. It wouldn't I be just, wool. I it would want, be like cotton. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> just a real quick poll, and I, I might end up in the minority here real quick but i just want to find out uh t- take take lynn's wintergreen heggy wintergreen hello oh. <laughs> her her heggy sweatshirt here Heggy. yeah that's, that's the, the name of it yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's h-e-e-g-y-e i think how often would you wash a garment like this when it gets dirty every time you wear it because it stinks after you wear every three weeks maybe Two times, three times a season. Mm-hmm. If you were if you were by a fire it's because outside, we didn't grow up in the outdoors. I don't. So you would we... do this if like tonight. Would you wash this? No, you didn't spill anything on it. Why would you wash it? Uh, because because I'm, I wore it. Because you I would wore wash it. it too. So are, we have are two. You, are you sweating? Does it smell? Does Even it like if you were body odor? I don't like putting on. So okay, so I'm not. I'm wearing a tank top. And so oh, my, because it's been in your armpits. It's been in yep. <laughs> exactly. I'm the same way. Yep. Thank you, Jody. Yes. yes it has so been in my... just just to be so descriptive here a for a second, then like, it would be different. Because you could wear it again. Be, but be, if you've been it, yep. Oh, I'm right there. Yes. Jesus. I had a pair of Carhartts that I would instead of washing. I heard that if you put it in a Ziploc bag. And you put it in the freezer for like a no. couple days. That, that, that would that would chills. kill no. all the bacteria. Or if you just leave the it outside in the Did sun and UV oh, light, and it was perfect. So yeah. so I went. That's not cool. Um, my senior year of high school, I didn't wear it for three of the days of the whole senior year. And other than that, I wore the same. Yeah. Pair of cards. That's like what you time. do. I was. I thought I was wearing my oh cards, my but I'm not. Yeah. But anyway, so my and my, we married these people. I know. So, I, know. so <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is, you know, guys, you can do this kind of gross stuff yeah. and still marry, you know, two well, well, really like fresh right. socks, fresh socks, yeah. fresh but fresh underwear. It'd be you'd wonder if we did the same thing if they would have married us. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> Good question. Mm-hmm. 100%. Maybe you like our cleanliness and our washed clothes. Okay, so here, here to to that point, like I can't complain. I mean, I can and I do, but I also can't because, like, Lynn does the laundry in the house. It's not, it's not, 
it's not because it's like oh, I can't do laundry. She, but she. I'm just compulsive about she it. She is compulsive, and so I, she does the laundry. I just don't like seeing dirty clothes in a basket. It, it right. makes me nuts. So I just do it. And so what happens is I'll take off a sweatshirt that I have no intention of washing or drying, and all of a sudden it's gone, and I'm like, where did it go? And it comes out. Because and I'm like, it's on the, because you leave it on the floor. Oh. So my indication is it's yeah. on the floor in a right, ball covered right. by cat hair. So therefore it's probably yeah. dirty, and I should probably wash it. But if the you wool, were to hang it up on the hook yes. above where you yes. put it on the Floor, now we have answers. So you need wall hooks. We do have wall hooks. It's just it's full of my Carhartt pants (laughs) that are not to be washed. And your jackets. And my no 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 jackets are on a different hook. Those are in the mudroom. Oh okay. And also we've expanded into the garage for my coats. Yes, I came up with actually a really genius idea. Um, what are you looking at me? That me? Are you talking about the garage renovation? The garage with the nails way up high. Okay, okay, okay. So I figured out to like utilize all the space up to the ceiling of the garage and just like pound some nails and then you hang Mm -hmm. the coats up. So we have like coats stacked up. Like it's almost like a mural if you were to look at it like as an art project, like as an installation art or something. But it's Ian's coats. 150 coats. Mm It's a lot of coats. Yeah, I, had, I had trouble getting out the door tonight. Like to decide which, which one go, to wear. I was like, which? What do I want to oh, go with tonight? It's snowing. Like it's snowing, but it's a heavy snow. <laughs> and <laughs> thin layers and multiple. Or do I was I like, go, like, am I going jacket? layers? But yeah. what happens if we're driving and somebody's wrecked in a ditch and I have to get around and crawl oh, under the car? And now yeah. I need a heavy like working coat. So yeah. Know. So to the listeners, that Ian's favorite thing in the world to do is to when it's dumping snow to go out drive around find people who and are stuck in people. a ditch I just and, drive aimlessly and drag and, and tow them out oh, of the ditch it's his favorite thing to do love it it's so that's so, a hobby yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah a bit of a hobby do you go along no, no oh, he God, just no. goes and drives no. around because it can be hours oh, okay. yeah I stay in bed alright so you, you know you need a winch I got a winch. Oh, here we are. Here we, are. So we know who to call. Perfect. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah. If you yeah. ever need me to pull you out, just give me a call. Okay. So Ian, though, didn't you just go and get some kind of really cool certification <laughs> or? Uh, in May. In May. I got my my uh, Knowles. Uh, I think that's National Leadership Outdoor School. No, National, National Outdoor, Outdoor Leadership Outdoor. School. Yeah. You got to spell correctly. Um, Wilderness First Responder. Um, woofer woofer what what yeah. do they do what do woofers do yeah well like the the idea behind a wilderness first responder is that if you go out and you participate in any outdoor activity you now have the knowledge to help if you come across a situation where you're far removed from civilization like the boundary waters and somebody's hurt or injured or somebody in your group is hurt or injured and now you have the knowledge to take care of that person until help can come or you have the knowledge to how to evacuate this person um more importantly, though, you also learn when to evacuate people. Mm. So if you're in your group or you're a guide of a group and you start noticing certain symptoms or somebody trips and falls and there's like there's a criteria that you go through and you say, OK, we're out of here or no, we can stay through the rest of the trip as long as you can tolerate the pain. And so they they teach a lot of these these outdoor based like medical techniques that help you get to and from the wilderness safely. And so. We've been on many trips as a family. Um, I've been in many situations in the wilderness where I've been like, holy crap, this person's hurt. It'd be great if I knew what to do. I've been in many situations in town where I have had that exact same thing happen. And so I was like, I really want to find a way to learn the right and wrong way to do things. And that way I can be a you know, better person for my community, I guess. How is that different than a first responder? 
Uh, well, it's the wilderness, okay. right? And so with a first responder in town, you have access to all the tools. You have ambulances and fire trucks and cops who can bring things like AEDs or... Which which we have one now. We, we do have one in our truck now. What's an AED? Uh, automatic. Uh, well, what is the external E's? External defibrillator. defibrillator. Oh, yeah. defibrillator. Yeah. Ooh, do you know yeah. how to use one? Well, it's, they're the easy ones. They literally talk to you through it. And so this is the most amazing thing about these things. And I got a couple of stories about this thing. Um, cause I was, we learned about how to use them in wilderness first responder. And I was like, it'd be cool to have one, but they're expensive. And then at the gym I go to, I walked into the gym and the owner was like, dude, we had to use our AED today. Oh. And I was like, what? And it's like, luckily they had the, one of the chiefs at the golden Valley fire department is a member there. And she was there. She was able to administer CPR and help, you know, put the AED on and use it. And I was like, it doesn't hurt to have one because they're, they can save anybody's life. It's mm -hmm. like a priceless piece of technology. Um, and it's so easy to use that literally I, I tested it with Aubrey and they have a little test cartridge you put into it. And so you can use it on this little fake pad. And I was like, I'm Aubrey. Whatever, whatever happens, none of this is real. <laughs> so whatever happens, just, just go with it. And she goes, okay. And I was like, that guy's having a heart attack, save him. And I was like, this is your tool. And she's like, okay. And so she unzipped it and there's a big green button and she pressed the button and it said, do this. And she did all the things. Oh. So as a 10 year old, she huh. can use it, you know, That's obviously cool. not recommended, but it's that easy. And so mm. if you have that one kit, that one piece of kit that you can afford to have with you, in case something happens, like at a gym, they're lucky they had theirs. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy, the guy died, mm. um, lived though. Survived. <laughs> let's, let's, he is, he, he survived <laughs> at, at that moment in time, he dropped no pulse, not breathing. Okay. And they had the AD and, and the, the, the knowledge to save this person. And he's still alive now. Still alive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, the, uh, the difference between, uh, wilderness versus not well, being a first responder is you have to do all that stuff without those tools yeah. and you have to do it 150 miles away from anybody else. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of the stuff we learned. What are like, mm. so top tip, um, from wilderness first responder <laughs> for people listening. I don't think there is a top tip. There's not a top that, tip. Well, I guess or my top like, tip would be DIY, take the class. DIY. Oh. Oh, take the class. Yeah, who, should take, who should take the class? Anybody who oh, goes really? out into the wilderness after that class. So I've got another story about this. Um, we went biking at Giants Ridge. Have you been to Giants Ridge yet? Not yet. It's Amazing. on the list. Amazing. Mm. We did Redhead and we did uh, Tioga a bunch this summer. Gi we did Tioga. We did just yep. did some cross country and then we went to Giants Ridge for a day. We were going to do two days. We figured we'd do Giants Ridge then Spirit. Went to Giants Ridge. Mind blown okay, at how... Huh. Listeners, Giants Ridge is what? It was a gravity... They call it gravity-assisted mountain biking. It's you get on a chairlift with your bike. It's a, so and it's a, it's a downhill. It's, it's a downhill, downhill mountain, mountain bike, bike it's, place it's the, near Duluth. The largest ski hill. It's about an hour and a half northwest of Duluth. Yeah. The largest ski hill in the state of Minnesota, which also now has opened this year uh, gravity-assisted mountain bike where you can go rent bikes and wait pull what faces. does gravity was, assisted mean it means you don't ride your you bike up pedal. the hill you oh, you take the right, it's okay. downhill the lift to the top right. yeah i was like i was thinking yeah. gravity yeah. Down. gravity pulls yep. you down right. gravity yeah. assist yeah. Yep. it's amazing okay. absolutely amazing so if you if anybody's listening and they're like oh, i want to bike in minnesota check that place out it was awesome but uh <laughs> so we're on this trail and jack and our neighbor and his son so it was four of us total and we were checking out this black diamond section and they had this massive drop. It was a, a gap. It was about a 15 foot gap. And I'd say about a 10 foot drop and you have to carry a decent amount of speed. So going into it, I'd bet you're doing between 15 and 20 miles an hour. If you're doing 
anything over that you're going too fast. And so we had pulled over to look at it. And so it was the four of us. We're in the middle of the woods. You know, there's no one else around. These two bikers come through. One guy hits it perfectly. It was a thing of beauty. It was awesome. Next dude, as soon as he hits the lip, I'm like, he's off. He's completely off his line. He lands. And the thing at the bottom, you land and then there's a berm. So you turn instantly. Mm -hmm. And if you're off, you hit the berm as a jump. So he's doing 20 miles an hour, hits the berm, head first into a tree. Like I witnessed the whole thing. If I had not taken the class... I would have resorted to what I'd learned in high school, which is, oh my God, that guy got hurt. And I'd run down the dude, are you okay? But seeing what I saw, I was like, that is a brain injury and yeah. that is a possible spinal fracture. Yep. Like there is something wrong with this guy. So we ran down there, guys out cold, not breathing. Mm. And so again, if I had not taken the class, I would have panicked, I feel like, and I would not known what to do. But there was like this, they ingrained And this is like my favorite part of the course. They ingrained what they call the patient assessment system into your brain. Like this is what you do when you find someone who needs help. And it was like light switch. I knew exactly what to do. And the first thing to do is find someone to hold this dude's head because he is messed up Mm. and then figure out if we need to start CPR, you know, figure all the stuff out. Luckily, dude started breathing again. They do this weird thing when you get knocked unconscious. I've never if you've seen it, you know it. But they, they do this weird like snoring thing. So as soon as, as soon as he started doing that, I was like, okay, he's starting to come back. His brain's kicking back on, but he was massively out of it. Like Mm. he knew his name, kind of knew what day it was, didn't know what happened and didn't know where it was. And so those like, they call that ANO times two, he triggered into ANO times three after that. So he knew where he was, just didn't know what happened. But those are signs of a brain injury, a traumatic brain event. And so we were still based on what we saw, spinal injury for days, like you're sitting here. And I feel like without that class, like it was just us. Yeah. We were the only ones there. So what would have happened if we didn't know any of that stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. And so top tip, take the class. If you're going to be doing any of these activities, because either you're going to be helping someone, you know, or you're going to be in a position to help someone who needs it. And I think that's the most powerful thing you can do if you're going to be out there enjoying the environment. But it's a long, it's a commitment. That class was a 10 day, 80 hour class, mm-hmm. but paid mm-hmm. for itself. Right then and there. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So the dude was fine. Dude, I don't know. I mean, like, we got him off the mountain. We got ski patrol up there, loaded him, loaded him on the side by side, brought him back down, but he's still completely out of it by the time he got down there. Like, he could talk. He knew, like, he knew, like, he could communicate with us, but he still was really out of it. Um, and then, you know, off to the hospital he went. But that's the end of my journey with that man. So, but still, like, it's crazy how that stuff kicks in, though, too. I mean, even just like as a young person with CPR and first aid training or mm-hmm. whatever, and I was a lifeguard for years. And yeah, when those situations happen, like how you don't think that yeah. you could ever deal like you're like, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. And then it does happen. And like all of a sudden you're like panicked. And then all of a sudden you're calm and everything just like comes to you. And all of a sudden, like you find yourself in this moment and you know exactly what to do. If you know what to do. My biggest regret from the entire situation, I still feel very bad about this. And oh, you don't want to say this on tape, do you? Really? I, yeah, no, because it was a lesson learned. No. <laughs> um, and they, they, the, one of the things you have to take into account is empathy for the patient, right? Like you have to be aware of what they're going through and like, you have to be able to, to sympathize with them to an extent. Um, but I was really caught up in the moment because like, holy crap, I am actually doing things I was trained to do. And like, 
I'm not scared. This is actually kind of fun. Like I am, I am able to help. I'm like aware of my surroundings. I'm not locking up. This is awesome. And then ski patrol got up there and like, I was just letting them know I like, I have training. I can help out with this. I've already established this, 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 and this. And I was like, so we're going to have some fun taking care of this guy. (laughs) Said that out loud. And our patient who's sitting on the ground goes, I'm not having any fun. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that was a miss on my part. Shouldn't have said that. So bedside manner fail first actual patient out of the gate. But I think I did everything else. Okay. I mean, it's exciting when you can actually help someone. I mean, and your heart was in the right place. So I was more excited at the fact that, that, Cause I've been in situations like this before I've had, we've Lynn's been with me when we had a rollover where we had to break windows out and pull kids out of the car. Mm. Um, in near Neal elementary, there was a woman who rolled over. She was upside down in her car and we had to pull her out of the car. But these are things like, I didn't know what I was doing yeah. and I was fairly certain everything we we're doing was wrong. And so I've been in the situations before. This is the first time it's like, no, I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. is right. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I actually have the, the knowledge now. And it was, it was exciting just for the fact that like the course I took, was 100% right, and it was exactly what I should have done, and I'm very proud to have taken that class. So, yeah, I think everybody should take it. So if you have 80 hours and how many dollars? <laughs> That's another one of those things. Uh, it was 800 bucks, I think. Oh, okay. So not that bad, but again, oh. that's one of those, you know, the equity, equality yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it is, it is not many people have the time to invest that I do. Yes. Yeah. I was able to thread the gap on some work gigs. Meatball. Mabel feels very strongly about that. I love that. She agrees. But yeah, no, it's that's that was a fun fun course. Highly recommend. They do they do different programs. So they do a wilderness medicine program, which is only two days, hmm. and that just teaches you the very basics. You know, CPR. I'm sure there's some like like bleeding control that they'll teach you. Um, but wilderness first responder, I think, is just do that one. See, I don't have to because I'm married. <laughs> so uh, I no, can't. If, if he gets, if he's the one that gets yeah. hurt, if he's holding a canoe and gets struck by lightning, <laughs> oh, you're screwed. And, and so I'm he's screwed. not breathing yeah. in the water. I just, you know what? And you've got Jack and Aubrey. You're the one who's going to have to like help pull him out. No, and Jack and Aubrey out. will do it. Yeah, because he'll have shot them. Yeah, Lynn will be reading saying. the New Yorker. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> Working on her uh, like cartoon commentary. <laughs> I'll be I'll be finding the GPS thing, yeah. Bob, and hitting and hitting SOS. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll, yep. Sometime and in the next eighteen hours, yeah. they'll come and they'll fish yeah. his body out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually Aubrey really wanted to take the class. You just have to be sixteen to take it. Oh, she was she was really really disappointed that she couldn't take it. And I was like, look, it's a long class. You're not going to be able to sit there. Right. There's some boring sections in there. Snake bites was one. I was like, I'm not going to. I'm never going to encounter a snake bite. <laughs> I don't want to listen to this. Yeah. But you, you got the van to travel. You, yeah, you, know, you never know. It's not out of, that's out of the pale. <laughs> well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Mr. Knowles. Nice yes. work. Um, okay. How are the kids doing out there? Are they? Are I think they, they're... Oh, no, they're still playing on the trampoline. I can see their headlamps. Can you? Okay. They're not killing each other yet? Yeah, well, unless one headlamp is one kid killing the other kid. So as know. as we're recording this um, in Minneapolis, we're probably going to hit like eight to ten inches of snow. This, I hope so. They, they're saying six in town, but it's so, got to be more than that, right? Yeah, all of our kiddos we can see from here are. Um, no, out they're the, still out there. On yeah. the they have headlamps yeah. on. We on had a bet that they were winter coming in in five winter minutes. coats nope. and winter pants. And I'm so delighted. They're they're jumping and having a great time. Are yeah. all yeah. four out there? Yeah, three. 
Four. 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 Trampoline yeah. in the snow. Yeah. I'm super proud of us because... Oh, three. Hold on. Oh, oh. There's the heart shape. <laughs> That's all right. That's like Aubrey. Aubrey has just entered the room. Would you like your Kindle? She, didn't she have it? Oh, she didn't have it. Your Kindle's right there. Or you can just listen to us talk about you. I was actually just talking about you. Yes. Or you can come join us. Or you could take a mic. Here, you can sit. You can. Sit. Yeah, you're fine. Do your yeah, thing. She's... Anyway. Um, but no, I mean, but to our credit, we were just going to let the boys play on screens for the evening. And we're like, you know what? No, it's beautiful outside. It's snowing. Get outside. And yep. they're still out there. Yep. So that's, I think, some, some affirmation for, yep. for moms and dads who are struggling with the whole screen thing. Maybe we could talk about that. The screen thing. Oh, my with gosh. kids. And how do you... What's the deal? So I, I think though, like, okay, so for tonight, what we're experiencing is having some kids that like are together, two mm-hmm. families together with headlamps and snow falling. Magical. It's quite magical. Like they've been <laughs> outside for a while and. But over the it, course of the last two years, that's the exception. You know, most nights are games uh yeah. what am i gonna do i'm gonna play <laughs> some xbox i wanna yeah. get on my phone oh so i i've resigned myself to trying to be empathetic to the situation as we yep. talked about yep and knowing that we didn't have these opportunities well that's not true too though now that i think about it. like your family had a nintendo lynn's family had a nintendo Ooh, in the fancy. house i didn't you didn't play it but your brother is both like <coughs> We're Zelda, hardcore Nintendo fans. Zelda all day. Yeah. And Mario and... Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yeah, whatever games they played. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I didn't grow up with any game systems in our house. Lynn didn't grow up playing it. So, for us, this is like kind of an abnormal... Like, mm-hmm. we're not familiar with the desire to play the games. So, it's it's hard to, to empathize with something you can't empathize with, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. You dying? <laughs> But I think too. Do you need CPR? <laughs> Wilderness response. Aubrey, get the AED. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's in the car. Um, I have a hard time being sympathetic. Um, when there's so many opportunities for so many, like I mean, I I th- I don't know. I just I'm having a hard time as a parent, as many people are. Because I know that we don't understand this, and like it's just completely different. Like yeah. it's just, I mean, and I think these these systems were not designed with kids in mind; they were designed with with adults in mind. And now all our kids are getting sucked into like this adult universe or techniverse or like whatever it would might be called. Um, yeah, where. They are exposed to things that are way beyond their grade level or their maturity level or whatever. And there might be apps that, like, are helpful. There might be um, timers and things like that. But, like, nothing seems to work. Like, I haven't met one person that has been able to explain, given me a system that seems to be working for their family. Well, none of the, none of the, none of the tech companies want to implement a system because yeah. that would just cut down on time okay but what about the parent okay so and maybe that's what i i don't know we when when jack and i were much younger they had ipads just for our sanity they had ipads and 
there was a, there was a moment where where Jack was like addicted to his iPad and like he would his personality would completely change if he couldn't be on his iPad. And that was a wake up moment for us where we just we scrapped them. We were like, nope, these are gone. And we just threw them in a basket and never saw them again. And they both returned back to their lovely selves. And it was amazing. And so there was like this this um, kind of a rehab moment, you know, to get away from screens. But now that they're older, there's a game system in the house and they have we have a set time during the week that they're allowed to play it. And it's seven o'clock. They can start playing. And it sounds excessive now that I say it, but it's like they get about an hour and a half every night to have a screen. But no, but it's not excessive. Actually, I used to think that was excessive, but like compared to a lot of people, it's not. But that doesn't include all the texting time now. And that's those, what's these, happening uh, at school. These are waters. The devices that were, at school. Yeah. Well, at our at our school, there's no no devices allowed at all. So phones have to be off if they if they're caught with a device. Wait, do they work on iPads at school? Well, no, like. Uh, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. They have Chromebooks at school, All right? But I'm saying like they can't pull out their phone and just be mm. texting somebody okay. or getting on Facebook yeah. or wherever. Personal on. devices, yeah, yeah, personal devices. There you go. And if they're caught with them, they're given a warning. And then the second time, I think the phone is taken away, and then they can get it at the end of the day. Third time, it's taken away, and then the parents have to come get it. Mm. I think. Um, but for us, yeah, it's it's seven o'clock to eight thirty. Eight thirty, they come upstairs. They can watch a show with us, and then it's bed. Um, but that, but again. There's the texting, like after. There's like te- texting is because is that's the bubbled new, up yes. into to becoming like much bigger. I think as kids get older, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. we used to think it was just like the video game thing mm-hmm. was a problem, or the rope, like with the Roblox and the Minecraft and the like. We used to, I mean. I don't know. Having children that are getting older, yeah, like the texting mm-hmm. becomes the thing that is obsessive yeah and they get on these giant groups yeah and and then it can just keep going and going and going well and that's that's where it gets a little interesting because and we're coming out of it now but it for the past two years covid like the kids don't have a way to like communicate with their friends right and so texting and games have been it yeah and here they come (laughs) listeners who've been interrupted (laughs) by the People of which we speak. Uh-huh. Stay tuned for more from the twins on future episodes. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at we do this for fun.com.